Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We're doing something a little bit special on this Sunday. First and foremost, I'm using a voice that is totally unnatural, and I apologize for that. That will I'll, I'll try to try to modify my voice to what I actually sound like when I'm talking to my 11 year old. I'm here with Drew Kelson. Uh, Drew Kelson is obviously a Longhorn grad. He's been a contributor to InsideTexas.com since he graduated, and. Drew and I were chatting and we thought we this might be a good platform for Drew to one, respond to what's going on on the board, but also to give you uh, viewers, you readers, an opportunity to experience maybe what these players now are experiencing through a player's perspective. But before we do any of that, I just want to ask you, if you can, please subscribe. It really, really helps this channel. It allows us to grow. It allows us to do more things like this. Hit that like button. All those all those things that all the children now are saying, like and subscribe, please. That's really helpful. And then, you know, check out this influence page I just did. That type of stuff. That's what really they're looking for. All this is powered by InsideTexas.com. So anything that we're giving you here is going to be further amplified by spending some time over there. It's a really great community. But before we get... Any further, I think, Drew, it would be really good for the folks to kind of hear, well, how did you get into this? What was the, what brought you to Inside Texas? What, what got you to this place? I think let's start at the beginning, Drew. <laughs> man, uh, thanks, LC, man. This is, this is pretty cool for me. Um, I finished, I guess I went to Texas 2004 to 2007, um, played linebacker, running back, uh, safety, mostly linebacker. We lost seven games while I was there. Won two Rose Bowls, a Holiday Bowl, and uh, what was it? What was it? What was it? A Fiesta Bowl. But yeah, three out of four of my bowl games were in California, which was great. Uh, but when I my senior year, I actually started doing some coverage with kind of the Texas football website, uh, and I was doing more on the microphone. I was kind of hosting and interviewing right. some of the players. And um, I don't know if some people may remember Michael Huff had that role prior to me, which was really cool. Um, but when I finished school. Um, I had an opportunity to, I had a few places, but I had an opportunity to just start contributing to a board. And there were a few options in Inside Texas, which one, was one that I just I kind of got involved with. In literally 2008, I've been a member at Inside Texas, and I used to contribute and write a bit more. And then once life and work kind of got caught up, I just became a member on the board. Uh, and I found myself like not being able to contribute and give my thoughts as much on the board uh, as life got super busy. So Right. Yeah, I, I, I just dabble and I'm, I'm reading on the board every day and I find myself at the end of every week. Like, man, uh, there's a lot of topics that, that have come through that, man, it would have been good to share my insight on or my thoughts. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, opportunity. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there are so many. Uh, I mean, if you do check it out, it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on there, man. <laughs> we've yeah. we've obviously got our analysts and our experts that are bringing uh, breaking news, especially on the recruiting trail, letting you know what's happening in advance. But I mean, there is so much that's happening there in that community and and being able to stay on top of it, being able to respond to it is, is gotta be really, really difficult. But this week was kind of crazy for us. I mean, we had a uh, former coach of yours come back. We, we even, we even got on the live last Monday to talk about that. And here we are a little, you know, slightly yeah. less than six days later and everything's completely different, but let's, Let's talk about, and I love the terminology you used here, but let's talk about that pump fake. I mean, what did, what, what did that spark for you? The akin pump fake. 
Oh, sorry. Um, That's great. Look at that. See, that, does he even does he deserve it? He does. He doesn't need he deserves. Egg. No, he deserves a proper <laughs> banner. So you know what? We're gonna call it the Akina pump fake. How's about that? We're gonna learn no, how no, to no. spell. <laughs> no fun stuff. No, it's funny. So yes, the the Akina pump fake happened. Nope, uh, messed it up again. <laughs> Can't spell, guys. We're gonna quit this. But we, we all got excited about it. Uh, but the reason why I was excited is because I know the standard that he brought to Texas. Um, and while we've had several talented players that, that have played under him and some that, I mean, Michael Huff and Aaron Ross won the Thorpe Awards. I think what gets lost in some of this is even though they're single players that won awards, they were usually surrounded by a great group of other DBs. And so, you know, I was thinking back last week, I was like, man, um, you know, you had Nate Vasher and Quentin Jammer were playing at the same time. And I know Rod Babers was, was a part of that group. And so you had a collection of great players at that time. Uh, but Michael Huff and Aaron Ross played during the same time. But you had Michael Griffin, you had Cedric Griffin, you had Terrell Brown. Um, you had guys who were contributing, guys who were talented around that guy who just stood out, right? right. Um, but then even with with, with Kenny Vaccaro, not to skip Earl Thomas, because Earl Thomas was one of his own right. But, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Should have been a Thorpe Award winner. But but Kenny Vaccaro played with Aaron Williams, Shockey Brown, uh, Curtis Brown. I mean, you had clusters of NFL talent there contributing and, and working together. And so when I look at this season now, I'm like, man, it, it seems like in order to have a great defensive backfield or even one player that stands out, you have to have a collective group that stands out. Right. And so I look at who we have now and, I, you know, I see we have Manny Muhammad coming back. Uh, we have Terrence Brooks coming back. Um, Derek Williams is a young safety who's coming back at snaps. Uh, we got Andrew Makuba coming in. We got Warren Robinson, who's 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 going to compete this offseason. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad comes in. We get a completely different you know type of player who's who's coming in with experience uh, at that position and has performed really well. So considering the history of production that. Coach Akina, pump faking us this week, had me thinking about, I just, I got really excited about what we have at the defensive backfield this year, even with Jelani McDonald moving to safety. I mean, right. just the, the, the amount of development, not just for this year, but over the next years that we can project uh, is something to be excited about. When you're, when you think about that, that core group that you just described, I mean, i I was actually trying – often when you think about players, you're like, well, which one played in the NFL? I, that, you ran through that list, and I was trying to figure out which one didn't uh, yeah. succeed at the NFL. I mean, that was just an absolutely stacked room. And as you know, we've obviously kind of gone through the, the Texas desert and been out there where it's been very, very lonely for a while. And now we're starting to see more depth coming into the DB room. But can you – can you kind of harken back to that time you were there and, and what are some of the things that maybe even Akina specifically was bringing to the table that made for a successful room? Obviously you had the, the bodies on the field, but what was the mentality? What was the training? What was the, what was that little key that Akina brought to it that really laid, laid that foundation? Uh, it, it really comes down to everybody being, together there there isn't a talent disparity amongst the guys in the room right because sometimes when you have those talent talent disparities let's say you have a, a very strong corner but your safeties are average or you have very strong safeties but you have average corners you usually have a couple guys that are trying to lift up the others yeah i think what akina was able to do is take a group of talented guys 
and make them better collectively. So you take an individual talent and you're working on their skill set, you're working on their feet, their eyes, their discipline, their understanding of the schemes, but you're also making sure that they're communicating. And so they're almost tied on a rope. It's like everybody from one side of the field to the other other side of the field knows what's going on. They have chemistry, they're communicating, they can flex between different types of defense. And that usually comes with just that connection and that chemistry along with that talent. So what Akina was able to do was harness that, harness the competition. He'd rotate DBs, he'd rotate safeties, but then there were guys he wouldn't rotate if they were playing well. So you knew you had a chance, so you stayed hungry, but you also knew that you had to hold a standard uh, so that you could stay in your spot and so that you wouldn't get rotated in and out as much. And it just, he kept it competitive. And we had enough talent to where the floor of, of production was always going to be high enough to where he can keep that competition going. I think we also need to point out that, you know, during that period of time, we didn't have the transfer portal. So some of the, some of the players that you mentioned coming in, you know, that, that might be contributors here, this may be their first year at Texas. Yeah. Do you, how, and I, I understand that this is a, a difficult question because it's, it's so individual and subjective, but how, how much time do we need for that chemistry? Cause those guys you were talking about, they were in the room, you know, we had, we, they were following great players as this was going on. And it was, it was in many ways kind of just a next man up situation. And now with the portal, we've got almost hired guns coming in. And, and one of the questions I would have in that situation is what is, what are we doing there with chemistry? How does that, can we build that quickly? What does that look like? I just think the culture of the team is already there. Um, okay. Anytime you hear a player talk, anytime you hear Coach Sark talk, there's a we over me mentality. Now, who knows when people are talking to their friends, their family back at home, um, you know, like, oh, man, I wish I could play or I wish this or this may not be fair. Regardless of any of the, the those types of things, because those things may come up. I mean, everyone's yeah. mom wants them to start and wants them to come in and compete and thinks that they're great. But when you're in the building, when you're in your meetings and when you're on the field, you're selfless. You go as hard as you can. You take coaching. You coach your teammates. You want to help and make each other better. And so anyone who's coming in the portal will have to get with that program. They aren't creating, they can't change the temperature in the room. They will have to acclimate to what is already set. And so I do think you need a strong culture in this portal environment so that you don't have people coming in with, with, with the wrong expectations. And so Texas sure. has done a really good job of maybe not taking some guys that probably wouldn't be as good enough or to just be good culture fits. So it's not just the talent, it's understanding about, about being a part of something great greater than yourself. And if you go back to, I mean, Nick Saban, um, who's, who's no longer going to be coaching. I mean, he's a guy who he had that culture. You understood yeah. if you came in, you had to compete. And if you were a freshman, you understood that you would just develop. And so I, I do think when we do have younger guys, it's hard to leave Texas. Texas is a great place to be, but as long as you trust, you'll get developed. As long as you trust, you'll have a fair shot to compete against the guys coming into the portal that's all you really want when you really want to compete at a high level and perform at a high level. I get, I guess specifically what I'm, yeah, that, that all makes perfect sense. And I think the, the overriding thing with culture is, is paramount, but you, you know, you're dealing with, you're dealing with a position that 
in many ways, you know, they're on an island, right? You, you know, you're not shoulder to shoulder with your teammate. Mm -hmm. And when those transitions happen, am I going to pass off this receiver? Or what are these these reads that you're making in an instant? A lot of those times you're you're reliant on that second nature you have with your teammate, that thing that you know this guy's going to go get that. And and I when when I'm talking about chemistry, and I, I think this is what you were alluding to earlier, like how long does that take to develop? Or are these guys just at the level where it's just like, now I just do the job, job done, it's over? No, so it takes time just to learn the defense and everyone learning the nuances of the defense. I do right. think that's the critical thing in the portal. But as I tell, I've said this, I'll continue to say it, NIL does not make you a good team or a good player. The portal does not make you a good team or a good player. Hard work is what does it. And so as long as these guys come in, they prioritize the film work. They're getting out on the field together. They're taking time outside of the normal practice times to spend time together, to run routes at each other, to go out and get works with the, get work with the receivers. I know we do seven on seven in the summers a few times a week. That is when you actually get better. Right. Uh, it's when you're policing and coaching yourself. It's when you're coaching each other uh, because that is – when you're on the field, after the coach calls to play, all you have are the guys you've been playing with. Right. You're not looking to the sideline to your coach. You're not asking any questions. It's the play is called, and now we have to be dialed in together. So that work takes place throughout the summer. It takes place when no one's watching. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's really what it comes down to. Are these guys going to put in the work? It can be done. It's, it's not that it can't be done. It's just a matter of putting in the work and making sure that you just at the minimum, you don't have any coverage bust and you're communicating well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, at Texas, how many I mean, we even had you. Gosh, did we have you at we had, how many how many different positions did we have you at, at at Texas? I know I know we where you ended, but we were we were finding a spot for you, man. Like where <laughs> where did we where did we in all the places you went? Can you kind of run through that a little bit? So I came in as a safety, played safety right. my the first two games of my freshman year, um, Selvin Young got hurt. Um, we had another guy get hurt at, at running back. And so there was just there was said beat and some walk ons. And so they moved me um, and actually moved RT, uh, Ramonts. They moved me yeah. and Ramonts over to running back that year. And yeah, we, I played running back the rest of my year, played running back as in I was the backup running back the, the rest of that year. Right. Uh, logged a few carries, had a fumble against Rice, was terrible in pass protection and pass blocking. Um, <laughs> right. I just I, I, they didn't coach me up to actually play. They just of course, 100 percent. That was all coaching. I mean, you did play running back in high school, right? Yes, yes, yes. I played. Oh, OK, I played so you're not totally unfamiliar. No, with this no, 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 no. I love running back. I actually got recruited. Eric Bienemy was at UCLA. He recruited me uh, to. He, he was the one that was the one place recruiting me specifically for running back was UCLA. Uh -huh. And Eric Bieniemy was at Colorado before that. When he went to yep. UCLA, he recruited me at linebacker there. Um, but then I moved that next spring. I moved back to safety. Had a really good spring at safety, but I wasn't going to play in front of other guys who who were, who were some of the names I listed earlier. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I understand. Um, but linebacker had opportunity, so I moved to linebacker. My first time playing linebacker. I moved there in the summer. My first time actually putting on pads and playing linebacker was the summer before our championship season. So a great opportunity and learning curve <laughs> for me. Right. Uh, but I had a, I had a blast uh, going into that season and just kind of adapting to it and, and had some, had some humps there kind of 
learning the, 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 the process and learning how to play closer to the line. But finished that year out at linebacker and then yeah, did two years at linebacker and then moved back to safety my senior year or so. Um, uh, but yeah, that that is when I was a bit of more of a hybrid year, my, my senior year. But yeah, Coach Chizik is the one who moved me to linebacker uh, for those two years I was there. So safety, running back, linebacker, a bit of a hybrid, which at at, at, at six feet, six one, two fifteen, two twenty, 220, um, I could run, but you know, there just wasn't a perfect fit. And so, you know, there wasn't a perfect fit in that defense, but I had a blast moving around and and just contributing any way I can. Well, that's the thing though, man. I mean, finding the field is the hard part and being able to be versatile and to move to those positions, I think is a testament to, to lack of ego and work ethic. I think that's really great that you're able to do that. I want to talk about not necessarily being to me specifically, but I would love to know, I think, one of the things that doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot is what the recruiting experience is like for a player. And I, one thing, this just I, this just really interests me. Can you talk a little bit about whether it was the first letter, the thing, maybe a coach pulled you aside, maybe it was your high school coach. When when did it dawn on you that, hey, wait a minute, I'm I'm going to get an opportunity to play some college ball here? It was my sophomore year in high school. Um, I started safety as a sophomore and they were trying to pull me up maybe my freshman year, but I, I, I waited. Um, but yeah, I started as a sophomore and we had guys who were just getting letters. It was a huge deal. You go right. into the, the 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 coach's office and guys are just, do I have any letters? Do I have any letters? I was like, what's this wow. letter thing? Um, what do you mean? What, what's this letter thing? And so I just, at that moment, it's like, oh, there were guys my sophomore year, we had a few guys who were getting scholarship offers. And once I knew I could get college for free, I'd always focus on academics and was, you know, wanting to get an academic scholarship. You know, I didn't want my mom to have to pay for college. But once I realized, oh, I can get a scholarship for playing football. It was, that was it. That was, that was it for me. And so I'd already been playing, already loved, loved, loved football and was playing both sides going into my junior year. And it just, everything just kind of exploded from there. So um, funny thing about letters and, and how recruiting has changed because we were, we were talking about Akina this this week. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in an attic this week and I'm putting away Christmas stuff. You know, we're putting things away. I still have some bins to put away. Seems like an appropriate and, time of year to do that. Yeah, you know, it's you know almost through January. I just the, the, the things are down. It's just I need to put it in the attic. But you I don't need to attic. justify it to me. I understand. Okay, you get it. I do. I get uh, it. I had a bin that my mom gave me probably within the last year and it had all of my letters um, that I've gotten from everywhere. So I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. I, I found a letter from a letter from coach Akina that he sent. Um, oh, that's dope. Let's see. Um, this, this is funny because it comes in this, you know, they, they send it either overnight sometimes. Right. Or it come in this Texas state of Texas official business letter. Oh, and they're amazing. always handwritten on the cover. Oh, that's cool. Pretty cool. But yeah, this is when this is what recruiting used to be. You used to get a handwritten letter from a coach. Yeah. Drew, it was great meeting with you today. I hope we've answered some of the questions you have about us. I feel you to be a perfect fit for us, not only athletically, but as a person. Hope to see you with those horns on your helmets. Hook them, Coach Akina. That was oh, like man. really cool. That is um, now hold on. So wait, now is that I mean, what is that? Is that an offer? I'm obviously he's clearly like, but had you already received an offer at that point when you get this letter? What is what's the timeline there? 
I have to go back because it came in this letter. So I think I'd gone on an unofficial visit. Right. I think immediately after that unofficial visit, I got an overnight. Let's see if this even has a date on it. I got it overnight. This was set March 25th. So, okay. That, that's when I went on a visit, March 25th. This is 2003. But oh, my man. next day, I got an overnight of this letter. It was great to see you. So at that time, I wasn't committed. Right. I, I think I committed shortly, maybe shortly after that visit. I think the only people committed at that time maybe have been Derek, Loki, and Jordan Shipley were in my class. I think. That's a it's a damn good class. Okay. But those, those are the only two at the time. And then Brian Arako came on the visit with me that next summer. I mean, that summer. It's like, hey, yeah. can you get Rack to come down here? And he and I looked, I mean, he was 6'3 at the time, 210 pounds or so. Yeah, he did not um, in that way. But when he was getting off the ball and playing DN, like, hey, how do you say his name again, Drew? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it's a Rackpo. It's like, yeah, we're going to start calling him Rambo. I mean, that kid can get <laughs> off the ball. And I'm telling you, from the moment he went to that camp, um, they made it known that he was special. And he redshirted, put on a lot of weight. But it's funny how recruiting went at that time. There was no social media. Uh, right, yeah. I even, in this whole jump pile, this is how recruiting was. Um, I got a letter from, I found this, from, from Harvard. Harvard oh, University. Dear. Okay. <laughs> Sent me a letter and I saw this. This was on the inside of it. I was like, why would they send this? All right. For they, those kids at home, this is a VHS tape. It's magnetic tape that you record to. I I, I feel completely like an idiot. Uh, I mean, it's crazy this. to have to explain it, right? But I was like, why would they send me this? Mind you, because I guess I hadn't opened it before. They sent <laughs> it with a return notice. So I guess the intent was to put my highlight film or my game film on this tape and mail it back to Harvard so they can evaluate me with anyone. Oh, man, that's crazy. That that I forgot all about that until I opened oh, up the yeah. game this week. Oh but yeah, that's, that, that, that's how recruiting has changed. That so when you're are you going are you going to these camps or so you say you're going to these camps. So you're going to these as a high school kid. Um is that is that the way that you're doing this or or People coming to see you. How is that working? I mean, I, I don't really understand all this. I know that I'm coming at this from a, from a novice perspective. But how are you getting seen? Or is it just because you're playing with people that are getting seen? Coaches would get out on the road and just go 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 to high school games. Right. So that, that's that's one. That's thing. still there. Coaches, that's still that happening. Yeah. Still there. That's still happening. They would get out. They would go see you. They would show up to practices and see. You. Most times, coaches would come to practices during the week. Right. And that's where they would see you, and then they would write you or invite you to campus. Got it. They try to get you to campus or they get you to a camp. Uh, campus was a way for them to get to know you just to kind of show you the, 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 the just show you the campus, uh, show you just have a conversation with academics, understand the facilities, how things work. You get to sit in a meeting. If guys have meetings, you get to see them meet and kind of see what they go through. Uh, but then camps are when they invite you to a camp, it's probably when they still want to evaluate you. They want right. to see you play against other players that they're recruiting. They want to see you compete. They want to see you move. They want to see how you carry your weight and how you run. Um, so I went to camp that year, but I'd actually, I think I tweaked something during track season. So I didn't do anything at the camp, but yeah, camps are when you would be able to display. If there were any questions, you'd be able to move around and, and be able to show how you move, how you play, and how you perform. So that was 
that was a lot of fun uh, because there's nothing like competing against guys uh, at those camps. And you hear about other names from other schools and other parts of the right. state. Yeah, you want to compete. So the coaches in the universities used to host the camps more so than anywhere else. And now they have all different types of camps. So it's a different world a bit when it comes to high school recruiting that definitely than it was when I was I was coming out. And I know that I know that obviously social media has made a big difference, but in terms of in terms of knowing other kids in your class, I mean, obviously you're competing against them, right? You're uh, on the in your, your respective leagues in high school, but we hear all the time, you know, the syntax guys, the the Metroplex guys, they they kind of build a little community within their class. How does that is that coming from the camps or is that just coming from the the competition week in and week out? Oh, these guys know each other already they follow each other they show up at camps they show up at seven on seven tournaments and all these other types of tournaments that we had a one state like mandated seven on seven you had to play with your high school team mm-hmm. we had a lamar high school seven on seven team that's the only seven on seven team we had and so you would compete against guys and sometimes you get some teams that would travel into your region to compete but that's how you got to know guys at least in the city right um, when it came to you know the East Texas guys or the Central Texas guys, usually there were clusters of people from the same area who knew each other. I got to know other guys when I went to camps or when right. I found out they were recruits or when I found out they were committing, then we would connect a bit more and stay in touch until we got on campus together. But right. Yeah. And, and at that time, I know now, obviously just because of the way the communication has changed, like the, the players are constantly checking in with each other, seeing where the other is going. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of back and forth with that. Did you have any of that at that time or did it? Was yeah. It, and, and is it the same yeah. way? I, I know this is a very really naive question. It's not, I mean, we're the same age. <laughs> it's not like, so yeah. I remember how, I remember how technology works, but how was the communication pretty much the same or what the was going on between you and like. The, the consistency of communication wasn't the same. And then kind of knowing what other guys were really thinking. So two guys that that I got, I guess, close enough to to where I was, you know, pushing them to come to Texas were Frank Ocam and Adrian Peterson. Right. Um, Frank, he took his process to almost to the end um, right. before he made a decision. And then I, I think he visited Florida and he looked at some other schools. But he was one that I was wanting to recruit to come to Texas. Uh, Adrian Peterson obviously was, was the best player in, in the state right there with Rhett Bomar. So I remember that year it was Rhett Bomar, Adrian Peterson, Frank, and myself were like right. the top four yep. uh, in the state on, on certain rankings. But yeah, I, I remember talking to, to AD. It's like, hey man, like, why not Texas? Yeah. Uh, well, Cedric Benson was coming back and he knew he could play at Oklahoma yep. his freshman year and he wanted to win a championship. And so that was yep. the thing at the time. It's like, hey, I can play right away, which mind you, he's a player who yep. deserved to play right away. Fair enough. Yeah. So fair to him to, to, to not want to take less snaps behind Cedric Benson and said, B didn't want to share snaps either. No, I, so no. it was really more of an issue with timing. Than it was anything else. Sure. That makes uh, sense. But, uh, but yeah, those are two guys that stick out as guys that I try to work with. Anytime I saw him in person, it's like, Hey, you know, let's come, come be a horn. And that's great. I was able to get one out of one out of one out of the two. That's good, you know, and obviously Rhett Bomar wanted to sell cars, so I think I get it. I totally understand why he would go to you. you. Absolutely. Well, this has been great, Drew. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing this stuff with us. It's uh, 
it's really rare, I think, for us to get that level of insight. And, you know, as we move forward, we're going to try and make this a little bit more two-way, you know, talking uh, and answering some questions that may appear on the board. And if you're not on the board, look, we hate to make this an advertisement for it, but it's just such a cool community uh, for everybody to, to kind of talk ball. The insight is phenomenal. The amount of information that we're getting, especially in advance of the national media is is really quite phenomenal when you consider the sources that that our team is dealing with. So please check us out. It's it's a dollar right now for a month, and that's something you really can't beat. Let us earn your business. Come check it out. We would we would be grateful to see you there. So as we move forward, we'll we'll create some options for for you to maybe communicate with Drew and and let him process some of this information before he he comes out, so we can give you some more insightful, in depth information than just what we normally have on Monday and Wednesdays, which is our live chat shows. And please, if you can, like and subscribe to this channel. It really does help us out. Uh, Drew is very expensive. Uh, we are just barely getting by affording him. So the more that people subscribe, the more we might be able to afford. He's still wearing his college clothes, guys. Like this is, this is all swag that he got from the athletic department. So we need to really make sure that we can highlight, uh, highlight some more opportunities for Drew to earn some money. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, we'd be greatly appreciate it. Other than that, is there anything you'd like to add, Drew? We say goodbye to the fine folks. No, nothing more than that, LC, man. This, this is fun, and I'm looking forward to continuing doing it. Uh, Inside Texas, is, it's a fun place, and I'll just be pulling things from, from the board that I don't get to touch on throughout the week. So just look forward to, to, to connecting with everyone, man. Absolutely. Everybody take care. Hook them. Hook them.